Welcome to 123 from District 123, a podcast that explores and shares the magic happening throughout District 123 schools every day. In each episode, we chat with the people responsible for moving inspired educational ideas from the imagination to the classroom. We dig deeper into those ideas and share the successes from some of the most innovative practices seen throughout Oaklawn Hometown School District 123. 123 from District 123 is proudly brought to you by the District 123 Ed Foundation. More information about the foundation can be found at d123edfoundation.org. Now here's your host, District 123 Superintendent, Dr. Paul Enderly. Hello world and welcome to 123 from District 123. I am Paul Enderly, the superintendent of Oaklawn Hometown School District 123 and the proud host of the 123 podcast, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into exploring great ideas in the field of education. This podcast today is brought to you by our School District 123 Ed Foundation. Our foundation is comprised of a amazing group of community supporters who work in conjunction with the school district's mission, vision, and strategic direction to acquire and distribute resources to enhance learning opportunities for our students and advance special innovative projects. And that's one of the reasons why we're here today. We are very excited to have two middle school reading teachers, Candace Hines and Claire Wilmson, joining our 123 podcast to share with our audience how they are working to build passionate readers um, not just teaching our kids how to read, but striving to instill a love or a passion for reading in some of our middle school teachers in District 123. Candace and Claire, welcome Thank to you. the 123 podcast. And if you could just begin by sharing a little bit about yourselves with our audience. Sure thing. Um, hi, I'm Claire Wilmson. This is my fourth year here at um, uh, Oakland Hometown Middle School. And I'm actually a former student of the district, so it's kind of fun working with my old teachers, um, but we um, just wanted to start this project to help our students um, learn to love reading just like we did, and yeah. that's why we're reading teachers. Um, and I'm Candace Hines. I'm in my 20th year of teaching, 16th here at uh, in District 123. Claire and I have been partners for uh, four years now. Prior to being sixth grade, I, a reading teacher was eighth grade, a reading specialist, so reading is uh, definitely my passion, and yeah. sharing that with students is my own little mission. So, so as a collaborative, you two have a very diverse group of backgrounds and experiences, and uh, Claire, you and I share a commonality. You came back, and in, in your teaching in the school and the district you came from, and I actually, I spent 10 years uh, teaching at the high school I graduated from as oh, well, wow. and that that is a very special thing, and um, I hope you've enjoyed that along the way. I know sometimes people always ask me, well, "How was it like coming back and being, <laughs> you know, being a colleague with the people who taught you?" And honestly, it wasn't really that big of a deal. 
Oh, it, uh, it took a few weeks yeah. to get used to calling yeah. everyone by their first name. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That that that's it's both a unique but a very rewarding opportunity that only you know a handful of people have the opportunity to experience. So absolutely. That, that that's very very nice. Um, so the two of you came up in collaboration with a great idea. This concept of of building passionate uh, readers. I know when I first read your. Um, your application, it really resonated with me because I felt like it was um, um, almost a higher level calling that, you know, as reading teachers, obviously you're, you're passionate about teaching children to read, to analyze what they're reading and to think metacognitively and also to be able to write well. But to kind of add to that responsibility, instilling passion what they read, especially in young adolescents. Quite a challenge. Well, uh, I agree. And I th Claire and I, we had uh, talked because over the years, at least I've noticed, um, over the years we've had a change in curriculum, not only building level, but from, you know, the whole United States, you know. And with the Common Core state standards, there was – a shift in in how we teach and a, a larger emphasis on writing um, and nonfiction, which is all great, but we were concerned that we were losing the focus on this. We do want you to love this too, you know. And throughout my years as a reading specialist, you know, having children who struggled with reading and therefore they thought they hated reading and finding that one book that they enjoyed, regardless of what it was, was just such a goal. Because then from that point forward, you lose that I hate reading stigma. Sure. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we didn't lose that somehow in the, in the shuffle of or shift in um, education today. Yeah, and I, I, that resonates with me a lot. I know as a as a youngster myself, I remember I, I struggled with reading. It was it what didn't interest me. It wasn't a passion for me a until I remember in eighth grade, I, I got chicken pox and I had to stay home from school <laughs> for about a week. And my mom said, okay, you're going to be doing something. And uh, she gave me a copy of the book Where the Red Fern Grows by Wilson Rawls. And I read it over a couple of days from front to, fi to, to, to back. And I realized like I, I not only enjoyed the book, and I think it, it triggered for me a passion and love for reading, which continued till today. Um, but it gave me a sense of accomplishment. Like, hey, this book was over 100 pages, and I read it front to, to back, and I, I was moved by it. And it really, um, when you said one book, sometimes that's what it takes in some of our young people today. And uh, in order to do that, you have to have a lot of books. <laughs> sure, um, sure. So we had, um, we each all had already had a, a small classroom library uh, collected from over the years. Mm -hmm. And when um, Dr. Farrell was here, she had a book club, and the title of that book was Passionate Readers. And Claire and I both joined that um, book club to um, see see what there was that we didn't already maybe know and um, to help us figure out um, 
how to bring that passion of reading back into our oh, classrooms. Okay. So that was, you know, we follow this one, two, three format. So that was your one big idea. Mm -hmm. You really mm -hmm. wanted to instill passion and you engaged in this book discussion and the book discussion generated some ideas. And at first it was a little overwhelming because it would, the book would talk about these teachers who'd done such a good job. They had wall-to-wall -wall books. They had all this cool furniture. And we're like, wow, that looks amazing. But how could we, how could we even start? Um, and then through, Candace and I met over the summer and we just sat down and we said, okay, let's do something with this book club idea. And we thought a grant was, and it was actually Candace's idea, let's apply for this grant. That would be our first step into making sure we actually put this into a plan. Great, great, excellent. And then that's where the, the application to the foundation came in and mm -hmm. the rest was history. Excellent. Well, that's, that was your one idea, your one inspiration. Let's move to our second part of our podcast, which is really discussing um, and, and talking about the, the lessons learned along the way. You've been kind of focusing on this concept for the past year. You were awarded the, the mini-grant. What were a couple of lessons you learned along the way, good, bad, or indifferent? Yeah, definitely some of all of the above, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, Claire, you want to start off? Yeah, sure. It, it's been a, a learning process. At first, we, we got our books, and they're exciting, and it's shiny and new, and the new furniture. And But we, we quickly realized if we didn't actually plan f to give the kids specific time to look through the books, it would just kind of go to the wayside. We get so busy in our day-to-day -day curriculum, so we learned really quickly, if we don't make time, they, they won't be used. So we started dedicating our monthly library trips to just free reading. So we'd okay. pick out books, they'd look at our books in the library, so that's been really helpful. Great, excellent. Um, kind of in that same vein, the excitement over a dedicated area in the classroom children really really love but they also love just the furniture so <laughs> so um you know they're 12 so uh having a trampoline chair or a beanbag chair um you know they will also just sit there and and do other work there but we have to make sure that that dedicated space is utilized the way it was intended and not just as, oh, yay, we have cool furniture, you sure. know. Um, and I think we anticipated some of that, knowing that they're 12 and there's, you know, the yoga ball, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just um, making sure that we continue the effort and emphasis on, on the books, you know. And um, that was just, I would say, like, just challenges to – to make sure that you do more beyond just setting up that area. Sure, sure. So, so the the mini grant itself encompassed what materials did you collect? What was the, the well things that we we put together a survey for the children, okay. um, asking them for either um, book recommendations on titles or just trying to um, get ideas from genres for them. You know what what are you interested in? So I know um, for for me. I did not have nearly enough graphic novels, um, nor uh, creepy, scary horror books. Okay. Uh, that right now is very popular with okay. my students. Whereas, um, I had, I had already had uh, book collections of books in a series. They weren't really interested in those. They kind of so a lot of the students want some quick, quick reads. So we took we took surveys, um, and then we used uh, 
through Scholastic mainly because then we get Scholastic points, and then we can use those points to get more books. Okay. Um, so we bought hundreds of books, mm-hmm. um, some containers to hold the books, uh, a carpet area, as well as multiple pieces of uh, like furniture, trampoline chairs, um, beanbag chairs, ottomans. Actual bookshelves. Oh, yeah, book mm-hmm. uh, yeah, additional bookshelves. So everything to create a, a dedicated area that's yeah. very clearly like a mini library. So you, you elicited student feedback, so you gave them some voice and some mm-hmm. choice in the process. You dedicated time mm-hmm. to allow kids to browse mm-hmm. and then ultimately also dedicated space and a kind of a reconfiguration mm-hmm. of what that looks like. Just uh, logistically, you, 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 you your block of time you teach how much time is that monthly library time, or how much time do you give students to go through this the selection process? Not enough, but we yeah. work, we're working on it. Um, we're trying, so we have, um, I don't know, that's 80, 80 minutes mm-hmm. once a month, but that's in a day. Right. So we also um, try, if you finish early, you know, if you finish your work early, you can, okay. you can go there. If you finish your bell ringer early, um, we have some students that definitely strive to find their way over there. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, though, I want to uh, work on at least once a week trying to find uh, a path uh, to, that to, t- to that corner. And um, we both have figured out a, a checkout system. Mm-hmm. So students are allowed to write down the title and their name, and they can take the books home with them. Okay. So even if we run out of time in class for reading, those books can go home with them. And they've done a really good job of not losing them or damaging them. So and we right. have a little book, re- book return box mm-hmm. um, and uh, trying getting a, a couple students to be kind of in charge of maintaining the, the library and the organization of the oh. library. And some some things like that. So um, it's ev- every week is a little bit better, a little bit smoother. But I have pages and pages of of, of books checked out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And and what is your you know at this point in each of your libraries, what is your volume? How many of these books would you say you have approximate for well kids to choose from? That varies because when I was part of um, other reading programs. Um, Part of the reading program was that students were supposed to have um, books that they could read independently, mm-hmm. but we didn't have quite the funding um, back then. And so, and I just, I have a, Dr. Underly, I have a book problem. <laughs> I have a book problem, <laughs> and you can talk to Mr. Hines about the book problem, um, because so you I, have a vast library oh my at gosh. home, too. <laughs> well, it's, well, that is now down to the Kindle. But in the classroom, <laughs> I would say I have... I have, I have, I have thousands of books. Right. I'm probably still in the hundreds, but (laughs) (laughs) it's growing. And the survey that the kids answered for us really helped to even out my library. Because at first, my books came from my own collection, um, garage sales, donations, but it really was mostly things I like to read from the kids. Now I have such a a more diverse library, like tons more nonfiction and 
things that don't really interest me, but the kids love. I've got sports books now. Yeah. I've got all kinds of things. So that's, I have that's really I have helped. I have some cookbooks. I need to oh, that's actually awesome. get away from the children because <laughs> they look really good. It's, it's funny how the trends flow with that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, horror, sports, or cooking. You know, every, every year I'm sure you're going to be confronted with different you know trends that pop up that kind of tap into kids' interests a little bit more. So looking so if 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 i were uh, a reading teacher at the middle school level who wanted to incorporate this concept of a, a book club philosophy um you know a few ingredients to that then would be to try to listen to student voice you know capture mm-hmm. what interests them try to get access to reading materials that are high interest um, provide dedicated time for kids to to not only read but to also um select the books and then of course the the other component would be to try to create a space that's comfortable for each child's you know style uh, of where and how they would like to read and 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 one other piece i would suggest is when you take them to the middle school library um mrs spidell does such a great job of of working with the students and she always she's always trying to tell them just sit down but if when I get to walk around with the students and talk to the students about their books, they're very often, you know, our our building library might have one or two copies of something, and it's nice when I can tell the students, "Come see me later. I have we have a copy of that in our classroom library." So it helps me know what they're interested in, and I'm still like in the library having those conversations. Ooh, what's that book? Oh, do you think we should put that one in our classroom library? And just you know. Um, making sure to continue to, to share that love of reading with them at any opportunity sure. you have. So I pay a lot more attention um, now to what they're picking up in our own yeah. Oak Lawn Library. And so so like actually that. interacting with mm-hmm. the kids about mm-hmm. what they're reading, maybe about what you're reading. I know some teachers put what they're reading out on their door. Mm-hmm. We do that as well. Yeah, just to simply model, sure. you mm-hmm. know, a joy for reading. So that, that's excellent. And and the outcomes, the last component of our of our conversation, you know, maybe three, you know, a handful of things that you've seen as positive outgrowth or outcomes, things that you're seeing in our students, things maybe this idea is leading you into future ideas. Um, well, one of them is definitely when we give them that time, um, they really, really just love digging through the containers uh, all of my books are separated by genre you know and so they're just pulling pulling those um, baskets in and out or asking me for something but most of the time I, I will ask them oh what are you looking for you know I'm just I'm just looking you know and they will spend uh, they will spend 15 20 minutes you know going through and looking at um, the classroom library and it just makes me very happy that they're eager to do that. So if sure. given the time, they're not they're not goofing off. They're they're using sure. that time. They love that. So that was a really nice outcome to know that something that was passionate for us is becoming passionate Passion for, for them. them. Yeah, it's kind of you know contributes to that culture of reading that we try to create, um, having the you know the books just there and allowing time for them. You think of a library, mm-hmm. you know, people are obviously sitting somewhere reading, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of perusing mm-hmm. going on as well so very good and very that, good. that love is um, kind of bleeding over into other things that we see with them right so then we do see students um, our students with our books all over the school so they're they're carrying them from class to class so yeah. they've checked it out from my library but I see it in 
the social studies room or the, the science classroom. Lunchtime. And even kids will be like, oh, my gosh, this science book. I have to show Mrs. Foley. And wow. then they'll check it out. And it's just so cool that it is going, like, into other classrooms. And they're making connections. So if they didn't have time to dig through and figure out, like, how they could connect this to their other studies, we, we wouldn't see that. Absolutely. So those two are related, but definitely yeah. things we've noticed. So the, cu- the culture that is within your classroom, but also the culture that expands outside the four walls of your classroom. Right. You know, you talked a little bit about that, that, that teens reading of the interaction. Mm-hmm. Do you see or do kids have time, dedicated time, to discuss their books with each other? peer-to-peer, the collaborative It's funny, funny that you mention that because that's our, that's our third piece. Oh, that's your third that's piece. That's our third yeah. piece. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. um, um, we've noticed <coughs> that they're just so much more willing to discuss with each other what they like reading. Um, uh, they will recommend books to each other. And I think we modeled that. Like when we first got the books, we would um, display the new books in a specific area and, and read them the front. And I told the kids like, uh, is it wrong to judge a book by its cover? No, that's one way that an adult decides what to read. So we've kind of taught them how to how to look through, and when we've given them recommendations, now we hear them using that same language to talk to each other. Sure. So and interesting. And it's allowed. You're. Al- it's okay to abandon a book, you know. Yeah. Um, and oh, I, now I remember. <laughs> I'm like, I had a thought. <laughs> where to go? Um, and we try to do our own book talks, and it's it. It's not only it's endearing to see them kind of model that. So, um, with this being Black History Month, I went through and and grabbed a whole bunch of things off of my shelf that might be in different genres, you know, and put them um, in one specific spot. But went through and talked about the fiction and the nonfiction that was available. Um, And so, here's some books we're highlighting this month. And if anyone wants any, Um, they also um, continue when I get the Scholastic box. Oh my gosh! They love to be the first one to get a book. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's it, um, it. So I quickly give bi- book talks of any new books that okay. I get, okay. and then I'm like, "Does anyone want to borrow this now?" So before the m- the this book belongs to Mrs. Hines, stamp goes in there. Right. You know, I'm like, "Okay, hold on a second. You know, so mm-hmm. um, so they do love that. They love to be the first one to get their hands on something, yeah. and then um, they are very very willing to to talk about it when we ask. All right, here's here's the book I'm reading right now. Anyone else have anything that they want to recommend? And we try to do that as we get close to library time too, so they have books that they sure. can be on the lookout for right. that their friends recommend when they go. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, this 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 focus on you know interest and choice and passion as this uh, trickles like in and out of your curriculum too. You know, sometimes when you're looking at a school curriculum, there is a cold text given to a child. There is a novel the class decides to read. Have you experienced any maybe uptick in kids having voice and saying, this bores me or this doesn't interest me as much as the book I'm reading here? And how do you combat that? And how do you work? Because you have to work with that too. No, you know, and I never even made the, the connection to that until you said that because, yes, absolutely, I have heard <laughs> that this <laughs> bores me. Although yeah. um, although we, we've actually um, we've, we filled out paperwork um outside of this to actually um, adjust our curriculum. So we are we removed um, a book and replaced it with something else okay. this year. Yeah. But because of, of some of that feedback sure. we've gotten from kids, sure. you know, they, mm-hmm. they, now as they now expect to be entertained by their reading. They, right. they expect to enjoy what they read. Yeah. 
And so we had a book in our curriculum that was just not fun for anyone involved, um, although it had its purpose. But we were fortunate enough to be able to find um, a, s- a book of similar topic. Right. Um, Same themes. But more engaging. More, much more engaging. And yeah. uh, so it is. So it is difficult. So and there's times when we do get that, and so we try to then focus on well, what what skill? What is the purpose of this then? You sure. know, and we talk about we have an author's purpose is not always to entertain. Sometimes right. it's to inform and it's right. p- to persuade, and so we just kind of tie that all in. And we're also honest with them about yeah, this this one's not too hot for me either. So what are we? Sp- what's the point of it? What? Right. Why are we reading this then? Mm-hmm. And talk about well, there's this piece of information I'm getting from this that I need to to move forward with my understanding. Um, so I think it's it's important to be honest with the students, yeah. right? Um, and on the other hand, we've had some students who are really into the books we're reading as a whole class. And so then we've both made an effort to buy um, other pieces by the same author okay. so that it can get more exposure. Same writer. If you like that style, we'll then look for more text from that sure. person. Yeah. Kids have to be taught that. Mm-hmm. Kids really do have to be taught that. It's not just a random choice mm-hmm. of something to see. Um, any closing thoughts? Anything to to share you know I'm you know again thinking of maybe an audience you guys have given us a really good idea of um, how this program works and how this project this concept works and I think any um, educator who is thinking of doing something along the same lines you've given them some good hints any other words of wisdom before we wrap up it can can get costly Um, so so think ahead of time you know um, how you're what you're going to do the years following you know um, I Mrs. McCarthy and I have talked um, about a place where she purchases her books from that um, uh, are quite economical Um, I could tell you but I can't remember (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to get that from her right after this but also uh, things like the Scholastic which has affordable books in it not only for students um, so I actually Claire and I both also still put those scholastic magazines out for the students to order books oh from okay. and to encourage okay. that because yeah. um, there's always books for $5 or less. Yeah. And then, you know, so just ha- kind of have a plan in place because you don't want to put the time and energy into something like this and then um, not try to continue to keep it updated. Right. You know. And then I think you just have to know that this is not a project that's just done. Mm-hmm. You don't just sure. put it all together and then think, okay, now I've got my, my reading philosophy set up you have to you have to keep updating you have to keep using it you'll probably have to replace things so it's awesome and it's fun but it's it's ongoing for sure and there's some motivation to that too Mm -hmm. the fact that there's no end point Mm -hmm. you know I know sometimes it's tough for us to get our our heads around but having that ongoing nature of it kind of keeps things alive and fresh as well absolutely well thank you both very much for sharing uh, your story with us Uh, certainly inspirational Uh, You are doing great work, and you're making a a great difference in the lives of our students. So thank you very much for coming in and sharing this wonderful idea. Thank you, and thank you to the Ed Foundation for giving us this opportunity. Yeah. All right. Well, next time on the One Two Three podcast, we're going to tell a story of yet another innovative idea in School District One Twenty Three, and talk about STEM and a project that one of our elementary teachers is using to make learning active for her students. So for our two middle school reading teachers, Candace and Claire, our producer Natalie, who's always got her hand on that mute button for me, 
This is Paul Enderly checking out. Thank you for listening to 123 from District 123. And until next time, remember, when we believe, our kids succeed.